Hello, everyone. Welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. It is Well-Being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy, and we're going to continue our discussion on generations. If you recall, last week we spoke with Kelly Hall about Generation X. We'll be continuing that today with John Perez as he discusses being a member of the millennial generation. So, John, please introduce yourself and we'll get the conversation started. Yeah, uh, so my name is John Perez. I uh, work in INC, uh, Instrumentation and Control, uh, in Jackson on, at the Parnell facility. Um, I do mostly uh, design work for internal substation layout um, and then some uh, line work on MOABs and stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's mostly uh, office work at a desk 99% of the time. Very cool. Well, I want to I caveat this conversation with we're going to talk about millennials. But understand, John, I'm sure you know this, one person does not represent an entire group of people. So this is just a discussion, kind of high level, about uh, the millennial generation. So the first thing I kind of want to find out from you, John, is what do you see the millennial generation as? I personally see it um, split up a lot more, uh, depending on culturally what things happened. Um, And I feel like, you know, the internet becoming a thing at at your fingertips is a, a big thing that changes um, generations. Uh, and millennial, you could go by what year you were born, um, but I don't know. I'm, I don't know too much about uh, the generational differences. Um, I personally, I was raised by uh, the silent generation. Both my parents were born before World War II. So we kind of skipped a, a generation, so to speak. As a millennial, John, what is your current well-being priority? I, I know what mine is as a Gen Xer, but I'm just curious what yours is as a millennial. Yeah, so I mean, I'm fine. Uh, my personal well-being is mostly dependent on how productive I feel. Um, I've, I found out through the years that's mostly what my happiness level is tied to is, did I feel like I did something good today? Um, and we recently this year just bought a hobby farm. So I will have endless tasks to do for the foreseeable future. Um, the only thing that you know kind of weighs on me um, is financial security for the future and financial health. Um, I feel pretty confident in our job. I don't know for sure my wife's job, you know, is going in and out, and I don't know what the economy is doing. Um, so financial security is a big thing for me. How do you think that that might differ from other generations, either younger or or older? Yeah. So as a millennial, um, I was going through middle school and high school right when the recession happened and. 0408. So that was a big thing for us. Um, my family, all of our friends' family, like there were layoffs, um, late rent, food stamps. That was the norm for us. Um, and we were pretty privileged. I just got to say, like, we were a lot better off than most, than a lot of families. Um, so I think that has influenced a lot of my decisions that I put financial security first before a lot of other things. Um, so I don't, I'm sure other generations have had, you know, a percentage of people that um, aren't financially secure, can't take as many risks in life. Uh, but I feel like our generation kind of got hit with that, with that recession that we had in 05, 08, whatever. Um, so I feel like that defines us a little bit more there. Well, and that makes sense. If you look at your well-being priority being, you know, financial security, it all kind of ties together. So if, as you think about your lifetime so far, what would you say is one defining moment or event that sticks out in your memory the most? Um, what sticks out in my memory the most is, I guess, my wedding day. Um, Mary, my wife, 
three, four years ago now. Um, and I was very fortunate. So I've always hated weddings. Um, and I was fortunate enough to meet a, a woman that also does. So we got married in a courthouse. We had one friend there. Um, it was great. I had no complaints. And we both kind of love the receptions, but hate those, hate the ceremonies. So, and we were living um, in Minnesota at the time and all of our family was in Michigan. So we didn't want to make them come out there for a wedding or we didn't want to have a wedding in Michigan that we'd have to fly in for. So we got kind of lucky with that situation that we were able to have that and not upset too much of the family. Um, and then when we eventually moved back to Michigan, we got kind of got everyone together for a reception and got to skip the whole ceremony part. So I guess so, it was very, very lucky. Yes, you kind of got the best of both worlds. You got the wedding that you wanted and you got that reception that, that you craved. And if I'm hearing you correctly, like everyone was pretty happy with the, the whole situation. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I know a lot of people that have the big wedding and the reception. There's still people that aren't happy. So that's <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Well, congratulations on right. that. Um, so we I want to go back to the beginning a little bit. We talked about what you do um, for consumers, but can you talk a little bit about your career and what makes you feel successful? Yeah, so um, I guess I'll outline my uh, career history first. Um, in high school, I was lucky enough to intern at a military defense company um, for a summer. Uh, they were Smith's Defense. They got bought out by GE Aviation, so that's the more um, common, com what they're commonly known as now. Um, then when I went to college up at Michigan Tech, they had just built a facility up there as co-op. So I co-opted there for three years, too. Um, and then as I was approaching graduation, um, I was really close with uh, the head of the office up there, and he kind of let me know if things aren't looking good, uh, if we offer you a job. He can't promise that I'll be there in eight months when I graduate. So he kind of politely gave me the nudge to look look at elsewhere. So right after college, I worked for uh, a utility supply company, Systems Control, up in the UP. Um, they make really control panels, control houses, um, a whole bunch of uh, equipment for the utility industries. Uh, just as a, kind of a luck. After college, I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. Um, but I wanted to, I knew I wanted to stay in the UP at the time because my girlfriend then, now wife, um, was still going to school for a couple more years. And engineering jobs are not very easy to find in the UP. So I found one that was as close as I could that felt reliable. Um, I worked there for, I started as an electrical engineer. I moved up to project manager there, um, which was the natural progression at that company. I know it's kind of different at every company. Um, then from there, when my wife graduated, she got an offer for 3M in Minnesota. Uh, so we decided to move out there because job prospects were a lot better out there. Um, so out there, I worked as a project manager for a software SCADA company for utilities. So I've always kind of stayed in the utility industry. Um, worked there for a couple of years. And then after in Minnesota, we, real, we got real appreciation for how much we love Michigan. And want to be back home close to family. Um, I'm from Grand Rapids. My wife is from uh, east of Flint. Um, so Jackson was kind of centralized. It was two hours away from family, close enough to see them if we have to, uh, but far enough away that they call ahead. So <laughs> good plan. Was, we got kind of yeah. lucky there. Yeah. Um, so I had uh, I had some, uh, so I work in instrumentation and control now. Uh, most other utilities call it protection and control. Um, but I had some experience from my first job doing that, doing that type of work, my um, pet systems control, and I got very lucky that there was an opening in our department here in Jackson. 
uh, which is where he wanted to move to. And I applied and went through and uh, happy I got in and uh, happy I'm here now. Well, excellent. So kind of on a, on a daily basis, what do you, what do you do that makes you feel successful? How do you know, how do you know today was successful for you? Oh man, I'll probably answer that differently every day. <laughs> um, oh. Most days, if I get enough uh, work done and um, feel like I accomplished something and uh, made our drawings better, made uh, updates to uh, a transformer bank or something like that, um, that's the days that feel successful. There's also like the the red days um, where it seems like you're just spinning your wheels or you work, you know, six hours and updating something, realize you did something wrong and have to go back and redo most of the work. Um, so a successful day for me is it's more of a feeling because uh, a lot of the work I do has to be done no matter what, even if it's spinning your wheels um, to figure out what you did wrong. Um, so it it all has to be done is just you know the part of the work I guess. Well, and um, so that's kind of where you've been and where you're at. Um, what are your plans for the future? Where, where do you want to go from here? Yeah, I don't know for sure. Um, so as I kind of talked about earlier, I switched from engineering to project management. I realized that really wasn't for me. Um, I don't know if I was good or bad at it, but I realized that it's not what I enjoy. I really enjoy engineering. Um, so I'm definitely going to stick with engineering um, at consumers. I don't know exactly where I'm going to end up down the road eventually, but um, I'm happy where I am now. Um, I love learning. Um, which if you, if I would have heard myself say that five years ago, I would have thought it was just a stupid phrase that everyone says, but I realized that doing the same monotonous job every day doesn't intrigue me. Oh, and in my current position, I'm learning every day, um, whether, you know, something little here and there, um, something different that's done in a Moab or a circuit switcher. Um, and I, I like that learning aspect. So as long as I can continue learning and not do, uh, the same every day, I'll be happy. You know, it's funny, a, a friend of mine who's long since retired, even when he was close to retirement, said that he was still learning. Um, and that was, you know, that was kind of his incentive. So it sounds like maybe you kind of share that. We're getting kind of close to the end of the podcast, but I wanted to ask you a couple more things before we go. So it might take a few more minutes. What is one piece of advice that you would want to give others in your generation? So I guess I, I take this as... Um, what do I see a lot of my peers and friends that are, are my same age group? I've been very lucky that I've been kind of forced to find what makes me happy, what I like doing. Um, and a lot of my friends really haven't found that yet. Uh, so I would say, number one, find what makes you happy. Um, and a lot for me, it, it's work, not not necessarily uh, consumer's energy work, but work outside of that. Um, like I said, we just bought a small hobby farm. So working on equipment, um, or uh, work in the fields. We have some sheep, so we're taking care of those. Um, just changing stuff to make it better um, and being self-sufficient. John, I really appreciate you being here. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we go ahead and end the podcast? No, just stay safe. Thank you so much, John, for being here and talking about the millennial generation. And thanks to the audience for being here as well. Please join us next week as we talk with Jessica Fidawa about being a member of Generation Z.